feature presentation. All right, and welcome back to the road trip for this very special prequel episode, we're going to call it. Bonus. Prequel, bonus, pre-show, <laughs> lead in to pray. Yeah. Uh, we kind of came up with this idea on the fly that we are going to do this for franchise movies where we'll have a prequel episode basically discussing the films that came before because uh, we're a first impression podcast mostly, but we're also completists. Well, because you if you're going into like this prey is going to be essentially a legacy sequel prequel that's the thing lately is like legacy sequels so i feel like to touch into them you really like say top of maverick you kind of have to know the source material i think maverick did a really good job that anyone can jump into that movie and enjoy it but having seen the original one adds a lot to it you kind of know those characters and what they've been through to act the way they do right yeah, no, you're you're correct there. So, as far as yeah, this is usually a first impression show, but it, like, what we went and saw Bullet Train. There's no prequel or franchise to that. That was like, exactly. oh, we could just go see it with an open mind. But you're almost like you can be bogged down. Say, if I've only seen Predator, I haven't, and I only just watched that in full. I've never seen any of its sequels except that first Alien vs. Predator. We're not discussing those, by No? The way. Are those canon? I was going to ask. Are, is those, are those two canon movies? Two, definitely not canon to the Alien franchise. Uh, Just because of Prometheus. Prometheus being the prequel to Alien, but set in the future, and that being the origin of the Xenomorph. That cannot be right. part of canon. Like that. I don't think so. Like... The most they're ever touched upon is, like, there's a prop from one of the movies in the background. Like, it is never discussed, and it's never brought up in the franchise again. It's just, I think they're just standalone. So, them not being canon, I don't consider them canon. So, we're, we're not going to be touching those ones. So, in the 2018 The Predator, right? That's what that one was called? Yes. That one is... Does that have a continuity with... The other Predator films? Yes. Okay. It so is... Then, yeah, then if they're not even going to touch on Alien vs. Predator... And... Like, I, in my head, the Predator franchise... Alien vs. Predator, Predator was always canon for some reason. Like, because they had all that lore about, like, the Xenomorphs being... What? They uh, predators kind of created them as the ultimate prey. Prey, yeah. It's like the trial, but then also... Well, I think in the other films or something, it's kind of, there's lore where the Predators hunt humans for some kind of ritual trial. Yeah, um, as the franchise goes on, as always, the lore and everything always gets expanded. Um, and the 2018 one you just brought up, The Predator, actually explains uh, certain aspects that not only are they hunted for sport, but they hunt different species and specifically targeting the best because they are uh, adapting themselves. They're, and the reason they take their spinal columns is they use the spinal fluid to kind of improve themselves so they are the best version that they oh, okay. can be. So I, I did watch this video on YouTube called Tele Animated. That's the channel where 
if there's a character or a cool creature that has different kind of iterations throughout like film history, right? They'll go through the different versions, give a very very brief synopsis of like the situation. So I watched it of uh, Predator, and it goes over you know basically the film premise real quick. And uh, for the Predators, they allude alluded to like predators having human dna as part of their makeup and then the mega predators hunting for autistic dna or something is the way they they worded it i don't i haven't seen the movie so i can't speak on it but like they show him picking up some autistic kid making a point to say he's an autistic kid you wouldn't be able to tell otherwise asperger's and then he dies asperger's okay. just to they, clarify they said autistic but... in the video i saw so i, I wasn't sure but so that's that's kind of what they meant when they said like they have human DNA and he's collecting DNA is the spinal column thing. Yeah, because they're using the the spinal fluid to take any improvements that they can from these species that they're hunting to improve themselves. So that's the lore that they came up with later, and that's that's what that, happens. That's with, the later lore. Yeah. Well, okay. so that's I there's mean, nothing earlier to contradict it, and that's just kind oh, of what happens with these franchises as they go on. Well, I was just thinking of the so. the Pred Alien from Alien vs Predator Requiem, the the movie I haven't seen, but I've heard the term Pred Alien and saw a picture and thought that thing looks just oh like god, I forgot all about that. Yeah, the because the the last Predator got impregnated and then got killed, but then they took his corpse up and he popped a Pred Alien and. Then credits roll, and it's yeah. just like, but then I then guess the I'm supposed to care. With it. With, uh, what, did they make that one R2, or did that one become PG-13? Uh, Predator versus, or what is it, Alien versus Predator Requiem yeah. was R. Okay. And there was no sequel because it fucking bombed. Well, so <laughs> that, that video I was talking about, they went over that movie, and they said they killed the franchise immediately with a nuke to the end of it. Like, they nuked the whole town, so none of it's an issue anymore. You don't go to bother. Well, part of the issue with that film, too, is, like, it's a cool concept. You're setting it in a town. You know, you have these two different species fighting. It's a lot more grounded than the original Alien versus Predator in this underground pyramid that keeps shifting. And, like, they grounded it in a real-world environment that people can relate to. The problem is they didn't have the budget for what they were doing, and instead of realizing that and adjusting, they're just like, you know what? We're going to turn the lights down so everyone can't see how shitty this is. It is literally the darkest film I think I've ever seen. It's a shame, though, because that movie's premise is kind of cool. Like, I guess, again, I haven't seen any but Alien vs. Predator, that first one, and the original Predator. I heard Predator 2 takes place in the streets of L.A., it does. Okay. Well, well, I guess we'll talk about that more in a second. But I love the idea of putting the aliens and the predators in like a suburb, which is essentially what Requiem is. Absolutely. I haven't seen it. I've seen clips here and there. But that's almost like monster movie at that point. Yeah. Like it's not even. It's it's like Freddy versus Jason. It's just nonsense in a town, and you're there to watch people get just cut up and blown apart in all kinds of like interesting ways. See, you're saying that. And there's almost a smile on your face because you know it's a B-movie and it's dumb as fuck, but it can be entertaining. I think, just thinking about it, I if I was a movie producer, I'd be like, fuck it, why not? Like, that'd be interesting. Let's throw some money at that. But you make it sound like they did not decide they were very hesitant to go, eh, yeah, here's like 20 bucks. You <laughs> go make that happen. 
I think that is kind of what happened with Requiem. I think they just didn't have faith in it after the original wasn't like a huge blockbuster. It was which it almost seems bizarre because you think the kind of people that because when when did that come in the Alien franchise as far as like films that came out was it after the fourth Alien? Yes, after Joss Whedon's weird. Did Joss one. Whedon make one? I don't know who did four. That could have been him. I, I don't know if he directed it. I know he wrote it. Oh, okay. I know, uh, what is it, David Fincher did Alien 3? 3, yeah. Which is bizarre, because he's like actually an amazing director, and he's very public, like, open about how much he hates Predator 3 and what a shit show that well, was. Well, because it was taken away or from Alien him. Alien 3, I'm sorry. Yeah. It was completely taken away from him. That's why he hates it. That's fair. Yeah, because he turned it over to the studio, and they're like, oh, thank you so much. Now get the fuck out of here. We are re-editing this and bringing someone else in to shoot different scenes. So, of course, someone yeah. is just like, well, you're completely bastardizing my vision. Would hate that. So, Well, he was also kind of a younger, up-and-coming director at the time. So it wasn't like he had a lot of credit to his name. Right, exactly. It's more of like, hey, this guy made movies. We'll have him go do stuff. Hey, we liked most of it. Let's go get another guy to do some more stuff. But... So that Alien vs. Predator is the third film in the Predator franchise, right? Because 87 is the original Predator. I don't know when Predator 2 came out. If it was like 90, 92, something like that. It was early 90s. Yes, like. yeah, it's the third in the Predator franchise. Which, I, that, I just learned that today, fucking blew me away. Are you serious? Like, Predator, I guess it was super late 80s when the first one came out. 87? 87. Yeah. Which, in my head, is always like... For some reason, it and Alien are always hand in hand with me in my head. So I would have imagined very end of the seventies, early eighties. So to me, the idea that after the second Predator, they were like, "Yeah, fuck it, Alien vs Predator. Yeah, let's just mash that shit together." Because I think of other combos like Freddy vs Jason. Each of them had like fucking how many movies before they had their big crossover thing? A lot. Like. Eight, nine, right? Like it seems weird that the Predator franchise didn't get milked more before they were well, like, "Hey, combo." We'll get to that most definitely. But okay. um, honestly, you bringing up Alien so much, uh, there's a rumor, and there's really no way of knowing any validity to it whatsoever. But the big rumor is is that the success or belief in Aliens. The sequel to Alien is why actually Predator was produced. I can almost kind of see that. Like, so. what what year did Home Alone come out? Oh, that was after. Was it? Yeah. Okay, because I got real big. I've never seen Home Alone, but just the whole end of Predator, I was like, I can almost see this being like everything saying like, oh, this was like sci-fi Home Alone or some shit like that. But Home yeah, Alone was just... probably more, you know, pitched like, what if it was Predator in the suburbs? Yeah. But Arnold Schwarzenegger was a kid. Yeah, like, oh, let's, make, <laughs> let's make kids home, or kids Predator. Right. Because I, I guess going along with Predator and all that, there was that weird era in the 80s where everything, even if it was right at heart, if it was cool, was sold to kids. Oh, absolutely. Like Terminator, RoboCop. I For some reason in my head, forever, I thought RoboCop was a kid's movie. I was like, I don't fucking want to watch RoboCop. I just watched RoboCop for the first time in, like, 2015, 2016. 
terrifying. I was just like, oh, fuck, okay, this is like, he's shooting dicks off and shit, <laughs> like... There's a dude oh that's God. melted at the end yeah. and gets hit by a car and just explodes. I, was, I always thought, because there's toys of all this shit, I was like... Oh, dude, okay. there was an animated series for children of oh, Robocop. Robocop. Yes. Jesus Christ, what the Isn't that Inspector Gadget at that point, like... Uh, uh, kind of? I mean... I, may, I, I could see Inspector, Inspector Gadget being born from parents complaining about being sold Robocop for kids. I mean, yeah, the 80s were a crazy time. I remember, I was very young at the time, but I remember having action figures of Terminator. Um, I remember there was a Rambo cartoon in the morning for children. What, how do you make a cartoon? Like, okay, how many, how many films first before they're like, cartoon? Uh, I think two. Because that first film is, well, I was surprised, because I, I watched it last year, right? Yeah, you I forced me, you to watch yeah, it. Yeah, you lent me the first Rambo in 4K at the re-release. And I was, like, blown away that it wasn't just dumb, schlocky action. Like, no, it's a great it's fucking drama. It's a fucking action drama. Like, it's sad. It's depressing. The whole time, I'm like, oh, this fucking sucks, man. Like, it has a whole message about, like, PS- PTSD and, like, yeah. trauma and all this. Like, it's shell shock for soldiers. Of yeah, and how ha- hard it was to be a Vietnam vet. Yeah, you know? like, that, that had a message to it, whether you agree with the message or not, fighting there and everything. Right. But there was, no matter what, you can relate to that story of trauma. Mm-hmm. So watching that, I was like, okay, fuck, this is like an actual movie. And I almost considered watching the rest. But that's when I was like, wait, wait, they made hot shots for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> Weird Al pretended to be Rambo for a reason. That's that's not always going to be the drama. So no, the... I can't imagine going from that, that war PTSD drama film to cartoon. It's just, that would blow me the fuck away. No, they, they had a cheap sequel. Well, it wasn't really cheap, but they had a sequel that was just basically an exploitation movie of him going back to Vietnam and killing a bunch of people. And that's where the <laughs> Rambo, like, yes. when people think Rambo, that's Rambo. To yeah, them. where it comes from is that, is that one, yeah. Which, it's weird when franchises do that. Like, I feel like uh, uh, Friday the 13th. I feel like Friday the 13th similar to that. Everybody knows Friday the 13th as... Jason, okay, with the, the the hockey mask and shit. He's not even in the first one. It's his fucking mom who's yeah. the ki- killer. So it's well, bizarre when they've kind of like they the sequel will pick up and that's where the franchise goes and that's what it becomes famous for. And it's like it's just so detached from the original. Well, what's even funny about you bringing up Friday the Thirteenth? Yeah, he's he's probably in fifteen seconds of the original. But just All the right. kid out of the water. Right. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> The sequel is, for all intents and purposes, a slightly larger budget remake of the original with Jason as the killer mm. now. Except he doesn't have the hockey mask yet. You have to wait until part three to get that okay. iconic look. So it's, it's <laughs> wild that the iconicness of a franchise can come so late in the franchise. Like, could you imagine if, like, the fucking T-Rex logo for Jurassic Park didn't come in until Jurassic Park 3? Oh, God, that like, one, mm. Like, they, they tried to change it to the Spinosaurus or whatever, and that whole movie was just bad, like, almost as bad as Alan's raptor nightmare on the plane. <laughs> Alan! <laughs> Fucking garbage. But, going back to Predator, yep. I wanted to mention when we were talking about The Predator 2018, that that one is directed by Shane Black, who was a screenwriter on hand turned actor for the original Predator, and he plays... And Hawkins, right? He plays Hawkins? I 
think that's his character's name. With the glasses. Yeah, the, the, the nerd with the glasses, the communication and specialist. He is one of the points I wanted to mention of why I don't think... A lot of this movie hasn't aged well. And whether that be visuals, which it can't help, so I'm not really going against it there, but some of the the dialogue definitely doesn't age well. Like Mostly his character. Him and the, the redneck, where he, I think... He saw all the guys sitting on the plane or helicopter together. Oh, the sexual tyrannosaur? Uh, he, no, he just said something like, y'all look like a bunch of faggots to me. Like, he throws out the hard F on them. Just, just like... Which, at the time, I'm sure it was just like, whatever. Right. But, and, and watching it in 2022, I was just like, oh, fuck, yeah, I forgot <laughs> they said that a lot, huh? They really... They didn't give a shit. But, and then, to a much lesser degree, but more annoying was... Shane Black's character, who just kept telling big pussy jokes. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, me, me and my girlfriend Savannah are just sitting there watching, and like, okay. What does that do but slow everything down? Well, really the only thing I can say towards that is, uh, I think the reason was is they wanted to give everyone a characteristic, to be able to tell them apart. And that's one thing you can give this large squad of guys Everyone is distinct in it. Uh, well, as somebody who's only watched that, and obviously Schwarzenegger and Carl Weathers, right? That's yeah, Carl Weathers stand out. They are big standouts. Well, they're, they're the stars Dylan of it. And Dylan and uh, Dutch, right? Dutch. Yep. Billy is the Native American soldier, right? Mm-hmm. And it's See, bizarre how diverse the movie is. Like for the '80s, that could have just been a bunch of buff white dudes. But that, that was like an extremely diverse cast, which I'll give it that credit. But then it's a bunch of them screaming faggot and and talking big pussy a lot. And I'm like, okay. That's like the first 20 minutes, 15 minutes, though. And then it's just boom. Yeah, I'll give it that credit where it doesn't hang on the schlocky 80s action shit long. And I was going to ask you, if you think the original Predator is a horror movie or sci-fi action I've I've heard this a lot, and I know there's a lot of people out there that are firmly on the stance that it is a horror film. It's not to me. It is a sci-fi action film to me, but that's just my opinion. I want to say it's sci-fi action, but my biggest holdout on it is I was considered the original Terminator horror. That is a horror, I'm using quotes, horror movie, just because it's this idea of this unstoppable... Thing on its way to end your life and that's inherently scary and i translate that to predator a lot but the difference with that is with terminator you had sarah connor and kyle from the future you can you don't see him really right he's just naked and right you kind of take his word at the start for it and you have the flashbacks and everything so we know but from sarah connor's point of view this is just some fucking drug addict from the alleyway wearing right. a homeless dude's clothes <laughs> saying, I'm from the future, you have to come with me because he's trying to kill you. And she just decides to trust him because the guy happens to be trying to kill her. Which, if you watch that, <laughs> you see it, he doesn't try until Kyle shows up. So, it's Kyle got there just in time to save her. But from her point of view, they could be like, these two psychos are trying to kill each other and I'm stuck in the middle now because right, yeah. the drug addict wants me. But, I'm uh, going back to it. It's essentially just her and Kyle Reese versus the police, the Terminator, the mental asylums later on. Like, nobody believes them. So it's. Right. Her, they're alone. Whereas 
Predator, it's the squad of buff dudes with machine guns and grenade launchers and all this. So it doesn't feel quite as, like, helpless. Like, there's not the same scary stakes, even though it's the same threat. Right. I really think it's just the tone of filmmaking, too. Whereas with Terminator, they went with that very bleak tone where it's you against the world and you're really pushed into the situation. And it's very horror film like with that tone. Whereas with Predator, they wanted to go the more action route. A, because if you just kind of went in blind, you're going to think you're in for a fucking action movie. And then all of a sudden you're just like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. And also the whole reason for the opening and the big attack is everything. You see how competent these guys are. How fucking badass they I, are. And... I thought that did an amazing job of setting the stage of like, okay, that's what these guys are capable of. Yeah. Because even if you haven't seen the Predator franchise, just kind of knowing about it, you know, oh, aliens that come and hunt people. And like, you just know that they're these powerful creatures. Right. So you kind of do have to see like, okay, well, how good are these guys to make this kind of equivalent? Like, once they start getting picked off one by one, you're like, oh, okay, this thing has really got them on the fucking ropes, even though they just slaughtered a village. Yeah, they basically go into this uh, gorilla camp and just destroy it by themselves. <laughs> and it's a group of, I want to say, seven guys? The soldiers? Or yeah, the soldiers. Characters? Yeah. Oh, shit. It was Dutch, Dylan, Billy, Mac, right? Mac. That's Max, the black the, the guy. Um, uh, Bill, I can't remember Hawkins and the white. Latino dude, not, I guess he wasn't white, but the Latino dude who had the face paint striped. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's just the six of them, because I can't think of any others. I mean, there's the general at the beginning, and then there's a, the girl from the village, too, that kind of, they drag along. And I, for some reason, because I've seen the movie in parts before, and I always thought she had a bigger role and a bigger importance to it. She's really just there. <laughs> she doesn't matter. Well, she is there because she has an understanding. She has kind of, she's kind of the insight to give them some information as to what they're up against. Also, but she keeps saying the jungle has taken them, which makes me think like, is this a normal hunting ground for the predator? Or is it like, does she, I don't want to say they're tribal in any way, but does she see it as like, their spirits in the jungle and you've pissed them off with your blatant attack on my people kind of thing well, like i don't it's not very clear and it not that it has to be it really doesn't matter well I, the story is. two things towards that one that's really before she's trusting them and it's does she ever really trust them though uh, like, yeah i think when dutch finally cuts her free and is just like look we're all in this together but then there's only like left and she's speaking english at that point so we're not getting a miscommunication between them because even the the two guys were arguing as to what she was saying because so there's there's that and on the filmmaking side i think that was also just to kind of tease out further what the hell's going on okay because you think yeah we have all this knowledge going into it and honestly, I don't know what the trailers back in 1987 gave away. I almost but... thought about looking it up, but then I remembered every time I've ever looked up anything before, like, 98, a trailer for it. 
and it tells you fuck all about it. It's just like, here's cool shot, cool shot, cool shot. Come see a movie. Right. Like, it's, there's no, it's, the trailers aren't like an art form like they seem to be now, where they got to tell you a brief synopsis and then go. Yeah, so you could have walked into the Predator and really had no idea what you were seeing. Hmm. Just been following this squad going in, finding this other squad that's been slaughtered of special forces soldiers nonetheless. And you're like, okay, what's going on? You get to this village, they kill them, and you're only 20 minutes in. At that point, you're just like, okay. and so that's the movie? Yeah, yeah exactly. and then at that point's when you get the heat vision, and you're just like, what are we watching? And then it's slowly teased out at that point. You know, you're getting the miscommunication, the jungle come and got them. And so you're still piecing it together. That all would have worked so much better if the movie doesn't open on a spaceship flying to Earth. Had they just cut that, it, it adds nothing. But to tell you before the movie even starts, like, oh yeah, Alien. Right. Like, if they cut that out, you have, I think, what would be a more exciting movie. Because then you're like, what the fuck is this thing? You also have to ask, was that added in post? Because so many people are like, what the fuck was that thing? But I almost feel like <laughs> you need your audience to have that. At least with this movie. The franchises, uh, obviously, they go into the lore of, like... What they are, right. and where they come from, how it all works. But with this one, I almost feel like it'd be better to be with Dutch when the thing takes its fucking helmet off. Like, because the whole time they're saying that thing out there ain't human and shit like that. Right. But that can almost mean like it's an animalistic monster person killing, like just a guy that's totally unhinged and killing people. But when they when it pulls off its helmet and shows its real face to Dutch, and he's like, you're one ugly son of a bitch. Like, he's really, like, you could see it in his face. It's, like, one of the few times Schwarzenegger's ever emoted. Like, <laughs> but you can see the, like, what the fuck is that on his face? Well, funny enough, you know, that's actually, like, a complete redesign. I was gonna say, I want the fucking lobster cut. I want that big. I don't even want. Have you it, seen like, the picture of it? I've, I saw a clip of it. Like, oh god, it's terrible. It was Van Dam, right? Yeah, in the fucking lobster costume for some reason. Well, the problem was is they came up with the idea, and sure, it looks alien as fuck, but you have to realize Van Dam's like five foot four, five foot yeah. five, and then you have Schwarzenegger who's like six two. All these other huge buff fucking dudes. Huge. These dudes are monsters. He poses no threat. You're going to see that and be like, yeah, they could kick his ass. And it's almost like goofy looking. Like, yeah. Because the, the lobster is like a elongated neck and shit mm -hmm. with like all these tentacles hanging off. And I think it'd be funny to watch it because it wasn't even like <laughs> detailed. It was just a giant basic orange lobster. Thing. It almost looks like a figurine that needs painted. Like, like it's made out of clay, that kind of color too. My favorite description is an obese duck alien. I could see that. <laughs> it's just, it's amazing how well of a redesign they did. Because when it takes its helmet off and you can see like, oh, those are like dreads. Like it's almost, like there's a style to it. You can tell it's there's a purpose for how they've done what they've done. Because they have bands and shit in there to hold them together. Yeah. The, the whole time I'm watching it and I'm seeing the creature, I'm thinking like, okay, so its vision is this weird red haze. It's clearly humanoid with technology. So the whole time I'm thinking, well, how did they adapt and do these things fuck? <laughs> do these things, like, get relationships? Or do you think they're 
a sick like I got way too into it and thought I'm thinking like do they go home and hang out with their wives and like have kids and just, like it's just so bizarre to me thinking like how how does that work <laughs> because in my head that's how civilization evolves is like some kind of normalcy with these rituals and it just I, I got way off topic thinking about it while watching the movie. <laughs> yeah, the end. I think for any real answers, you're going to have to go to the comic books and the actual novelizations or whatever novels are out there because it's never really touched upon in the films mm-hmm. much past basic. But for this first one, well, I, I want to ask first and foremost, watching it, I've always kind of wondered as to if it's supposed to be like some type of lizard or some type of insect. And I'm kind of stuck between the two. Is it just like a lizard spider thing? Or I don't know. I just, I've never been figuring it out. I never just imagined it as anything but like humanoid. Like Oh, it is. Vaguely. But... Oh, in stature, yeah, in form. But like I never thought of it as any kind of animal. I thought of it as like if a human evolved different, like right, on a planet, yeah. some kind of mammal evolved differently enough that it had mandibles coming out of its face and shit, I think that can open up, and like, why would it need to evolve like that? Like, what is it trying to eat or carve out that it's got to have those to catch? Almost like, it reminds me of the way kind of crabs have that small set of pinchers up by their face. Oh, yeah. So they can grab shit, like fish and shit, and eat it immediately. But, I... I Got a little off topic. I was talking about <laughs> Shane Black. I got off topic with the how it age and shit. But so he ends up directing 2018's The Predator, which in in he on paper it sounds like an awesome idea. He's part of the original crew. He was a screenwriter in the original, uh, wasn't he? He was brought in to, to punch up a script, as to, you might write. Yeah, to punch it up. And his, the whole thing with the studio was is that they are going to bring him on as an actor because he was actually an actor. <laughs> he was an accomplished screenwriter, but he was an actor first and foremost. Okay. And that was basically the reason he was on set. Basically, he was there in case anything came up, but according to him, he didn't really do anything. I guess he okay. punched up a little dialogue. That was basically Which it. is, like, the most minuscule part of mm-hmm. Predator. Yeah. But having, almost having, I'll say he's an accomplished director. I think any director whose film cracks a billion, who has a film that cracks a billion dollars, that's easily an accomplished director. That one being Iron Man 3. Not whether you want to attribute that to him or just Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. Post-Avengers. I'm talking like, that was one year later we finally got, alright, next Marvel movie, it's fucking Iron Man 3. So everyone's going to go see it. Right, you bring that up, but he also did Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang. I haven't seen it. Very good movie. Which is kind of what brought Robert Downey Jr. back, right? That's Absolutely. why John Favreau was like, fucking, we need exactly. for Tony Stark, that fucking awesome movie. That I believe that was his first real big role after his rehab and all mm-hmm. his major like, trouble. That was what solidified him as an actor again. Like, oh, don't worry, I still got it, even though I was a piece of shit. Right. And then, obviously, he got role after role to kind of rebuild himself with Iron Man and Sherlock and Due Date. <laughs> right. But Shane Black also did uh, The Good Guys, which you love. Good Guys? The Russell Crowe. Oh, The Nice Guys. Nice did, Guys. Did he do that? Yeah. That's his film. Did he really? wrote and directed that as well. Shane Black. Yep. That's fucking shocking. Yeah. Because that one has such a different tone. That one's humor is a lot better than a lot of the other stuff well, I've seen him do. 2018s, he co-wrote with his best friend 
Fred Decker, mm -hmm. who is mostly a screenwriter, but I beloved this man 100%. Um, he wrote and directed two films in the 80s, both of which I love, but they were both not very successful. What were the movies? Uh, the Night of the Creeps, which is this really funny, almost parody of, like, 1950s kind of monster movies. Okay, so, like, your blob and stuff like that. It's a zombie... Well, okay, it's convoluted. I, I gotta tell you real quick. Okay. So, it, it's about these two uh, college guys trying to get into a fraternity. Mm -hmm. Basic premise, you know. They're doing this, and unbeknownst to them, they have to pull a prank to steal a body. Uh, that's the prank. Okay. Unbeknownst to them, they steal the wrong body that has an alien parasite in it that escapes and starts creating zombies. I'm laughing, and the movie treats it as ridiculous okay. as you would expect. So he's almost like a James Gunn of the 80s. Yes! That sounds a lot that similar is... to Slither. Slither takes a lot from it, to be completely okay. honest. I'm seeing a lot of similarities. I haven't seen Slither. I yeah, know like, of Slither. You've seen Slither, the but... pictures of the things crawling around? Yeah. Taken 100% from Night of the Creeps. Okay, well, I mean, it, it worked well. So yeah. I'm willing to assume that... And that, that one... Whether it performed well or not. That one has a lot of humor in it, and it, it's very funny. It's it's a great take. It also treats horror serious, too, so you don't go in expecting a straight-up spoof. Okay. But he also did... Um, the Monster Squad. Okay, no, I've heard you mention that movie a few times. One least. of my favorites. Uh, people can judge me if they want. All right, I have so many fond memories of this movie. It's basically the little rascals meet the Universal Monsters. Okay. It's like 10 to 12-year-old kids, uh, and they're horror fans growing up in the 80s, and then the real monsters actually come to their town. And, of course, nobody believes them because they're children and it's monsters. Who's going to mm. fucking believe that? So they have to band together and fight the monsters to save the world, basically. What, what's that movie rated? PG-13. Really? 13? It just description, I've been like, I guess I could see that as a good PG movie. Uh, the 80s, too. I feel like the 13 was like hesitant a lot. It's late enough in the 80s, it got the 13. Um, Post. I'm, it might actually be PG. Temple of Doom, right? Huh? Post Temple of Doom, right? Because that's. Spielberg accidentally created the PG yes. 13 with Temple of Doom. Cause yeah. They wanted to give it an R rating because the heart ripping out the mm -hmm. scene. But it wasn't very graphic, so they found that middle ground. Yeah, I. it might be PG, but I want to say PG 13. Um, there's. I don't believe leave any nudity there's really no gore because it's children obviously right. but also being the 80s there is some i mean if you can't watching the creature from the black lagoon get blasted with a shotgun as gore that's the thing a lot of those <laughs> like movies cartoons shows would always get away with is if it's not straight up blood you can show the gore and the thing that i always think of is samurai jack back in the 90s yeah where they wanted to do a lot more, like, let's kill aliens and all this and that, but they couldn't do the blood for a kid's show. So instead they just made everything, oh, it's actually robots. Mm -hmm. And it's all robots, so it would just be this big black liquid coming yeah. out of them, like oil or whatever. 
So they got away with way more violence. Right. Um, and I, I just like that it's smart because it's just like, yeah, they made like three or four Creature from the Black Lagoons movies and no one ever thought just to fucking shoot the goddamn thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's simple that could be. Right. And, you know... That's the thing with these two is they have a reverence for children and children-related things, humor, and uh, a lot of their stuff has heart to it. And I think that's the thing that kind of gives it lasting ability. So now, now, coming back to The Predator 2018, how did you feel about that movie? Um, Because that almost sounds like a match made in heaven, one of your favorite screenwriters is what he is, right? That guy was? Yeah. That guy plus one of the original, the original Predator dudes making the movie, the director, shouldn't be making the movie, but directing the movie, he's screenwriting with him. That should be almost like your match made in heaven. Uh, a lot of people hate this movie. A it's, lot of people Did think, that movie flop? Yeah, it did flop. It okay. flopped. I want to ask you, how does that flop with a guy who just a couple years earlier made Marvel a billion dollars with Iron Man 3. He was part of that Marvel machine when it was in his most formulaic era, where it was, oh, you're hitting these notes, and they kind of let him do his own thing. Everybody has to say, oh, it's not really Iron Man, it's a Shane Black movie, where it's fine, but it's like, that movie sold because of Tony Stark, Robert Downey Jr. It sold no because what, of Iron Man. Yeah, like, you know, <laughs> it's... I don't understand how Shane Black, coming into that world, obviously following Marvel's formula and the studio, this is when Ike Perlmutter's still Ugh. head honcho, like, piece of shit. I can never talk badly enough about Ike Perlmutter, <laughs> that fucking racist, homophobic piece of shit. We almost didn't get Captain Marvel because of him. Not that I like Captain Marvel much, but we need, it's a fucking sausage fest. <laughs> the Avengers needed needed some other women and powers. Oh, okay. But how, where the did Shane att- Black go? After? Like, what happened that he okay. went from billion-dollar movie to what should be an easy 200 mil from Predator franchise fans alone, this massive flop? A, it had been so long since we got a Predator film. Because before that was Predators in like 2007, 8. Right. So it had been a long stretch. People weren't really demanding like a decade. it. Yeah. Um, another problem was is that it was delayed. Okay. So you got a month's delay, and it was because the studio went in and autom- just demanded reshoots. Okay. So Rewrites and reshoots. So there was all this talk that, oh, what's going on? And there's a lot of bad press before the film even mm. came out. And then the film came out, and it's not tonally the same as the rest of the franchise. Right. It's not this brooding, macho, I'm gonna fucking fight this alien. It's what these guys do. It's a fucking B-movie that's dumb as fuck, <laughs> knows it's dumb as fuck, and just has fun with it. Okay. So... <laughs> You're you're guessing the issue is studio interference. I think part of it is because I know distributed it was it Fox. I want to say it was Fox because I know they own the Alien franchise. Yeah, it it was Fox. Um, I know the entire third act was all new. 
had to be rewritten, reshot. See, that's and the issue I, is you can't have because uh, other say the entire third act is reshot. I'm assuming by studio yep, people mandates it has yep. to be like this. The when you've already shot the first two acts, a it was way, the, the film was complete. Well, I mean, like when <laughs> when you're keeping that from the original version, you have a, a specific vision that those first two acts work towards an original, the original third act of that film. So when you reshoot it, then you have almost have this tone tonally deaf section that would almost feel disjointed because it's not the same mind working on it. He's, it's not the same mind seeing where the first two acts were building up to. Right. So if they're redoing the entire third act, I imagine that third act has to be a fucking nightmare. Well, the, it gets worse. Okay. It was also during Me Too. And okay. one of the actors was involved. So he had to be completely edited out of the movie because Olivia Munn co-stars in it. Mm-hmm. And she spoke out against... Well, the issue was not with her. Mm-hmm. He already had pre-existing issues, but she spoke out verbally that she was uncomfortable. So okay. that had to Did be... Did they ever actually work together on I think set? they had like a couple scenes, but he had to be completely edited out, studio who, mandate. Who was the actor? I could not tell you. Okay, so point. it's not really like a big name. Like, no. What I think of that movie, the only, the only people I can even remember are not even... Because the main character is some white dude, right? Yeah, I can't remember his name. The only yeah. ones I remember are Keegan-Michael Key, who's like the cool, skinny, tall, bald black dude. The not Jordan Peele one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're always coming back to Jordan Peele somehow. But, uh, him and Olivia Munn are the only ones I even remember. In Thomas movie. Jane's also in it. Um, that says bad things about it. Off the get-go. He I'm, has a bit, cart, bit part, and he's actually really good in it. He's basically playing Shane Black, and Shane Black has so much as said so that um, Shane Black actually has Tourette's, and Thomas Jane's character has severe Tourette's in the film. I just, I can't take Thomas Jane seriously. He does good in it. And I feel bad, because, (laughs) okay, so every time I think of Thomas Jane, I always think of Discount Joel Kinnaman. (laughs) <laughs> That's the guy who played Rick Flagg in both Suicide Squad movies, right? Which I hated that actor. I hated that. I hated that character until James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. I was like, oh, okay, fuck. This character can actually be interesting, and like, I can actually like, give a fuck. So when he dies, <laughs> I'm like, oh, that fucking sucks. Now I want more of him because he's actually decent. But he, they almost look exactly the same to me, and I. I, I can almost understand when some races white people are like, oh, Chinese people look the same. <laughs> because sometimes I really can't tell some white people apart. Like, they all just look so similar. But Thomas Jane, anytime I see him in a movie, I just have this horrible bias that, oh, this movie's going to be fucking trash. And name me a movie that he's in that you think I, I like, and I'll guarantee I shoot down every single fucking one of them. I know most of the trash ones, and I'll even admit they're they're bad. I like the only thing that really comes to mind that he stars in is the Predator or the, the Punisher. Punisher, and it's and like man, that's bad. That's a bad movie. It's it's, it's like cool to people because it's like, oh yeah, here we go. Here's our R-rated superhero. He's going out just killing the bad guy. Like he's edgy, so people were into him for that. I don't think he's a good version of the Punisher. Like I think John Bernthal's Punisher and 
the Daredevil and then his own spinoff franchise on Netflix so much better. Like, that's the guy who, like, okay, let me dive into the character rather than, like, I'm a dude with guns. Well, the one thing I will say about Thomas Jane's Punisher is when I was reading the Punisher comics as a kid, his felt more in line with that character, with the the deep, brooding, drinking, suicidal Punisher. Mm -hmm. I'm not defending the movie. At no point am I saying the Punisher is a great movie. Honestly, the last time I saw it, I was like, man, this needs re-edited. It needs a lot, because I I remember seeing that movie a couple times as a kid, like probably eight or nine, right? And always thinking, I feel like there was a big turning point somewhere when I was six or seven. Where I understood movies could be bad. So it's still, like, I always gave a lot of bad movies passes anyways, because I thought they were cool. And that's when I always kept thinking, for the first time I saw it, oh, this is a bad movie. Like, this is just bad. And, like, say the first Ghost, either Ghost Rider, when I saw them in theaters, and when I watched them again as a kid and shit, I thought they were so cool. I thought it was, oh, this movie's awesome. You go back and watch it now. That movie is such a turd. That Those movies horrible. are so bad. And the second one's only worse. I didn't even know they could do it worse. But they're like, what if we lean into all the schlocky, funny stuff? And, and that's when they're like, oh, but wait, it's not actually funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is actually really bad. Oops. It's yeah. weird to think fucking Idris Elba was in that one, too. Like, he was doing... Because what year was that? That was like 2011, 2012? I, I was going to say, I think 12, but that's fuck, man. the same time... Idris Elba's playing fucking Heimdall in the Avengers and Thor and all that. Like, he's in both worlds and he's playing positive and looking way negative. Well, you never know what's gonna pan out. But bringing it back to Predator, um, did you really have anything more against the original? That Because you said it didn't age well. And, and I actually... I'll agree that some of the language, yeah, obviously. But once we kind of get past that section there, I think it's fucking fantastic. Especially, it doesn't age well in some sections, and it can't be helped because of the era and what they had to work with. Like, watching it with my girlfriend. Anytime you kind of see it camoed, I have to, she's laughing at it, and I have to explain to her, like, okay, well, it's not, obviously it's there like that, so we see it the characters don't see it like that. And she goes, well, it's invisible. And it's like, well, no, no, it's not invisible because they do see it. But they see it in some kind of in-between spot for invisible and what we see. Obviously, to them, it, it probably doesn't look that shitty. And I'm like, obviously thinking too much about it at this point because I almost feel like she's challenging me. <laughs> While I'm defending this movie, I don't even really like that much to her. But it's... Obviously, a lot of things they had to do at the time. I think... The camera shots they do in the Predator's point of view with the heat, what is heat it? vision, yeah. I guess, I don't know. I, yeah. I never remember, but the infrared, whatever it is. Yeah, infrared. And then the red hate is like showing its vision. I think that lends more to it being alien, right? and I think that works well. And a lot of the scenes with Alien itself and its practical effects are fucking incredible. I think they're great. It's A lot of visuals just don't hold up, like when... It shoots its lasers. It's pretty rough, and the whole time Savannah's saying, "Look, it's fireworks," because that's essentially all it is. Uh, anytime something they would do with CGI now in that movie, you could tell it's bad. Like the the CGI didn't come from nothing, but like it's 
I keep thinking back now to even practical effects, like when Schwarzenegger like shoots his little bow and arrow bomb, and it just kind of twings out a little bit, like and falls over immediately. Like it doesn't shoot out or anything. He really just like <laughs> drops it almost. And it's all visual stuff. It can't be helped. It's uh, it's eighties quick cut action at times and. And I don't want to hold the visuals against it, but they just haven't aged well. Like, I will keep saying Jurassic Park has aged amazingly. Up until the scene that they're they're in the lab hiding from the raptor, and the Lex, the granddaughter, is trying to reboot the system. Oh, and yeah. it starts going into, like, oh, it's a Linux system or whatever she says, and it's this 3D model. I'm like, oh, okay, fuck, we're going. And never mind, this, <laughs> this is not aged well. And, and when everyone says visuals and... Jurassic Park worked well. It's because of the T Rex scene in the in the night in the storm. Right. Well, I mean, you have to kind of realize this was how long before that, and six years. Kind of helped lay the groundwork because I honestly I agree. That is the one thing I will say towards the visuals. His invisibility does not work in that original mm. because even the motions. It looks off. It's slow. and It's like a clear topographic map. Well, I actually read how they did it, and it's pretty impressive they're actually fucking able to pull it off. Did they do a lot of rotoscoping? It, it's some form of CGI. So it's a dude in a red suit. Which is why I mentioned Lobster, because the original outfit is this bright orange hue. So it just, it's weird insect, orange look, yeah. kind of looks like a lobster. Yeah, well, they went with that color because it was so opposing to all the green and everything that they right. could. So what they would do is they would film him doing everything right. in a slightly wider aspect. And then they would film the actors doing stuff <laughs> slightly smaller, erase him, and composite it all together so it would look, you, you'd get the lines where he was supposed right. to be. And it's just like reading that, it's like, fuck, that's so that, a lot. That man. is like a rotoscoping trick at that point. Because then, it sounds like what they're doing is they're laying film over film. And his film is essentially just, with him erased, you get a smudge of where mm -hmm. he was. And that's yeah. why it's smudgy. And then and that's also that why over it top. moves slightly off. And... Well, if it's, I mean, if it's a different lens or angle or just even ratio obviously it's going to look off but i think that almost lends better to the alien aspect right. of it except when he's jumping tree to tree and it's like yeah, is that's he in slow bad. motion that's bad. <laughs> it's just it's a lot of visual stuff that can't be helped and i almost don't even want to say that because like the back to the future movies were the same era same same year i think as some of them and all, I mean, all but that fucking holographic Jaws coming out was pretty well done in those movies. Also, much bigger budget. Were they? I don't know. What was the budget for the original Predator? Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, like, think what, of it this way. It had to be Schwarzenegger. He wasn't Schwarzenegger at the time. Was he not? I mean... 87? I think he would have been. Like, he, when, he, when he was, was the first Terminator come out? Or Terminator 2? Because Terminator he, 2 was 90. is what made him... Terminate or made him the name Schwarzenegger. Yeah, he was, was known. The first one. He was known, but he wasn't like holy shit. It's Schwarzenegger, right? Like, when did he do Conan stuff? Oh was that God, 80s? that was like I want to say the first one was like seventy nine, eighty. Okay, so that's kind of where he started. 
I mean, he did a really bad, like, Hercules movie in the 70s where they just dubbed over him. Okay. And it is fucking horrible. And then Conan's when he got started. And then, like, uh, Commando, which is god-awful exploitation, just stupid fucking action movie. He was basically, like, your knock-off Stallone. Was Stallone a thing by that point? Stallone was. Okay. Stallone was... It's so hard for somebody who wasn't around in the 80s at all. Yeah. I was like mid-90s and on. Looking back on it to me, it's like Stallone, Van Damme, Val Kilmer, uh, Schwarzenegger, Bruce Willis. They're all of the same era to me. Like, it's all they're all, oh yeah, 80s action. Guys. You gotta realize that Stallone was a huge name. He had Rocky, he had Rambo. He was That's well true. established as an action star at that point in time. Schwarzenegger was still building his resume. <laughs> and this was a huge stepping stone for him to really establish himself. I feel like Schwarzenegger is, like, unique in his buffness. Like, there are other buff dudes, but Schwarzenegger is, like, the muscle man. Like, that well, dude yeah. is... You, like, that's why... Mr. Term- Olympia. Well, that's why Terminator was so imposing and scary. It's because, like, oh, it's this giant man machine thing. Like, it's... Because, I mean, you'd have to have huge muscles to have a fucking mechanical skeleton. Shit. Right. But, like, it's just the idea of that coming at you is terrifying. And then for him to just keep going up and up and up with that muscle man... Thing. Well, he just never let up, and that's why he stands out so much to me. And in and, and this one, they use that, too, because this entire cat, well, the majority of the cast, are huge fucking guys. <laughs> you know, I mean, you have Carl Weathers out of the Rocky fucking franchise. Uh, was this post-Rocky 3? Was... Oh, I don't know why I said Rocky 3. That's Mr. T. That's yeah, that's not... Mr. T. Okay. Was he Post-Rocky 2. Was uh, Carl Weathers in the first Rocky? Yeah, I know he plays Apollo Creed, right? Yeah, he's in Rocky One and Two. He's the the main opponent. I've never seen any Rocky movies. What the I fuck? I saw Creed One and Two, and I loved them. Oh my god, dude! Never seen a Rocky movie. Okay, he's in the first three. Well, four. I mean, if you count the cameo. You know, but... I take it back. I did see a Rocky movie, the one that was called Rocky Balboa, and it had his son in oh, it yeah, as yeah, an yeah. adult. That was like, I don't want to like you because <laughs> I everybody knows I'm your son. There's yeah. some weird drama. I was just kind of like, oh, okay, I did. Did uh, Stallone have a lot more involvement in this one? Or uh, with that one, yeah, actually, he directed. Yeah. Well, he he directed a lot of them. Anyway, I know the first regardless. one he wrote and sold. That was yeah. kind of the start of his career. But... Yeah, but I mean, you had uh, the the guy you were talking about with the chain gun, Jesse Ventura, was he was also not only brought in as an actor, he was also helping with the military things because he was a former marine okay and he was a pro wrestler so you have this cast and, and would be governor governor yeah. yeah well so was schwarzenegger yeah, governor California. yeah and uh the guy who played billy was almost governor of kentucky oh that's scary it's weird to think how many of them went on to try to be governors <laughs> but go on sorry no and uh you you bring billy up that's one thing i almost was watching it this time and was like know if that ages well should you really have the native american be your tracker and like oh i don't know there's something out there yeah like "Mm, that's a big one my (laughs) my thing against that in the movie because it's weird they did it for native americans but they didn't do it for like they had a a latin or latino heritage kind of dude there they had two black dudes and they never 
did anything like that with them or what's stereotypic. Like, they kept the stereotypes down. They didn't play into race stuff. And it's a genuinely diverse cast, which right. is bizarre. You got and one white guy, one European, fucking two black dudes, a Native American, and a Latino as your main cast. That's And the Central American woman. And she's never a damsel in distress. Not at all. She's the one that's trying to save them. Yeah, and she, she fights against them. Mm-hmm. She picks up the gun that's going to fucking go after the Predator until Schwarzenegger stops her. I mean... <laughs> I, so when I say that this movie doesn't age well, it's purely visual effects that can't be helped. Right. And a couple characters' dialogue. Right. Which is very 80s, I want to say. A lot of people romanticize the 80s. There's a lot of bigoted hate speech type stuff. That was a lot more commonplace, and it's kind of thing that you have to look at a... a What's essentially a, a piece of art to somebody like that? Predator was somebody's love and passion for right. a year plus, so that I, I don't ever want to judge it outside of its time because it's unfair. Like I can I go agree. back and look at fucking like Call of Call of the Wild or fucking Gone with the Wind, like old okay. films and shit. And I'm sure I'd find shit in there that'd be like, oh, that doesn't work, Citizen Kane. There'd be shit in there that'd be like, yeah, that's not okay, but it's like. That's the product of his time. They weren't outwardly usually trying to be racist. You have occasionally your uh, uh, Song of the South and shit oh. like that. It's like, that was too far. Even for the time, that was bad. Do you think that's coming to Disney Plus anytime soon? No. I think they, <laughs> Disney has done an amazing job of redacting that from history at this point. Like, even I mean, the log ride still exists. Yeah, very, very mutilated at this point. <laughs> but I can't even ride Splash Mountain without thinking, like, huh. This was the home of bigots. That's bizarre. I wrote that thing once, and that's all I thought the entire time. I could not get my mind out of Did that. Did you see a little pointed white hat peeking out somewhere? Like, oh, oh, oh. Oh, thank God, it's just rabbit ears. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I thought there were two coming to get me. Fuck. <laughs> like, it's, it's just weird what stands the test of time. And I think Predator, as a, it's barely a franchise compared to franchises of today. Or even of its time with, like, your... Uh, Friday Thirteenth and Halloween, yeah, Halloween too. But uh, what's the other one? Friday Thirteenth, Nightmare on Elm Street. There, yeah. There's a bunch. It's just of them, there's but... so many, and then you have your universe franchise like Marvel, DC. Like I have ten plus films each, and well, part of the problem too is like even one that's more comparable, Alien, is a connected franchise, mm-hmm. whereas Predator, they're not really connected. It's they're individual like stories, which I think works better because I. Savannah was asking me, like, oh, is, is, is he famous for Predator movies? So, like, he's only in this one. Schwarzenegger? Mm-hmm. He did his one and said, I'm out. And they tried for every single fucking one after to, to get, get him, him, and he's never come back. Really? I think it's bizarre, because he keeps coming back to Terminator. And, like, not not good ways, either. <laughs> like, right. Terminator 3, bad. I think that's kind of when he's like, oh, okay, I'm going to be governor. <laughs> should see it. But he came back for he lent his likeness to salvation. He came back in Terminator Genesis and it's like, oh, this is bad and he's old, but he's also the young CGI version. And then he was in Dark Fate too, but that mm-hmm. one almost lent itself more to the idea of like the continuity. Of the sec- I, it gets confusing and yeah. annoying, and it's weird that he keeps coming back to those. But <laughs> why? Why? What do you know? Why he says no to well, predators? Well, we'll get into that. Let's let's finish up with the original, and we can really. Discuss the, yeah, the sequels. We're pretty far on time. Yeah. Um, one thing, I, I, another two things, honestly, I want to point out about the original Predator. I think the cinematography of it is 
fucking incredible. It's, I just thought the whole time, like, they really just went half a mile into the forest, and they were like, all right, do your stuff. Like, it just, I didn't feel like a lot of effort. Well, think about it this way. Until the final battle. The final battle around that, like, pond was kind of cool. That okay. was shot well. You kind of <laughs> understood the layout. Everything else in that is like, oh, we're walking through the jungle, but once you're at that pond, you like, okay, he's over there, and it's over here, and you can kind of visualize where they even though they're just quick cutting between the jumping, I knew where they were. Well, I was going to say, think about it this way. With a lot of the cheap, cheaper action films you get, you don't get the shots like this where you truly get the full depth. You get the feel that you're in the jungle. You're getting vegetation right in front of you. You're getting a guy mm-hmm. moving it, and then you can see, you know, behind him there's this guy and then that guy, and, like... They really use the environment to their advantage, and I think they do a great job of kind of immersing you in that. Instead of, like, some... Even, like, uh, let's say uh, Rambo 2, you can blatantly tell, yeah, they're in the jungle, but... Eh, I mean, it's it's clearly not as well shot. Um, and the second thing, uh, for something that I want to point that it does age well, is the guys' relationships with each other. Instead of just being a bunch of macho guys who's like, fuck, that sucks, he died. They all care about each other. They all have their aspects. And the fact that uh, Billy and, I can't remember the character's name, Jesse Ventura's character are so fucking close that a lot of people have even fan-theorized that they're homosexual and there's nothing pointing one way or the other, but they're incredibly close. I feel like that movie did a good job selling it. But they sold it, in my mind, they sold it through the Brothers Arms aspect. Like, this is a group of soldiers who have clearly worked together for a very long time. And have built this rapport with each other that they are this, like, tight-knit group that wouldn't work if they were separated. Like, if if it was, like, you plop Jesse Ventura's character out and put him in a totally random platoon, that character doesn't work. Like, he wouldn't enjoy it. These are people that have work together so long that they are, I don't want to say a family, because that's such a cliche thing to say, but they are this machine. They, they, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm not going fast and furious with it. But the, they clearly all work to each other's strengths. Nobody right. is bringing anybody down, and they're aware of it. Yeah. Uh, I think all of that works. So, before we really get into the sequels, do you have anything else, or can we rate this one? Are we rating Predator? Oh, I want to rate it. All right, how are we rating it? Five stars? Yeah, like five the... is what we started, so. Okay. Uh, we can do half stars. I'm, I'm cool Yeah, with that. I, I just didn't know if we were going, like, one to ten, or... Like, no, well, let, let's be consistent. Three. Three? You're saying it's, it's average. It's fine. It's not something I would plop on again. Maybe if it was on TV and I was scrolling, you know, that thing nobody does anymore. Uh, maybe I'd be like, yeah, okay, sure, but I would, I, I'm never going out of my way to watch it. Alright, I'm a fan of this franchise, uh, why we're gonna go deep on kind of, well not deep on the sequels, why we've gone so deep so far, uh, we've kind of called me the expert on this, hate me all you want, I'm gonna give it a 5. Really? This is a 5 out of 5? So this is a movie that if I had asked you to come here earlier... And to watch it and then do this, would you have done it? Oh, absolutely. Okay. I I own, like, two different versions of it. Uh, that I honestly went back and forth. It's like, do I watch the 4K or do I watch it in 3D? Uh, oh, you have to go 4K. I did. Um, for everyone out there, uh, you don't have to. It doesn't really add a whole lot. Um, 
honestly, I think it detracts a little bit just because of some of the visual effects oh, work. I think it does detract. So the first but one in the sequel, I don't think you need to watch in 4K. If you're leaning into the cinematography of it, though, when you want it in 4K. I'll, I'll honestly say comparing at least the transfer I have in the big box set for The Predator. Mm-hmm. I don't think it it's a vast improvement. So. Okay. Um, now, you, you mentioned the sequel. And scary enough, this is actually from the exact same writers as the original. Uh, Predator 2 is? Predator 2. From is, the, is Predator 2 a flop or was it a success? I can't imagine it was a success. Oh, well, let's put it this way. There was no direct follow-up. That's true. Yeah, I guess that nothing came until Alien vs. Predator. What, what year did Predator 2 come out? Oh, God. Uh, nine. I want to say it was 90. Mm, yeah, 90. So three years after the original came out, they're like, all right, Predator 2 is here. Right. And then they originally like 2002, 2003, the Alien vs. Predator came out, right? Like... Something Which was like the that. next Predator movie? Yeah, really um, that. but that's like that's that, I don't want to say it's a huge time jump because that was kind of par for the course for a movie you didn't know you were going to do more of. Like Alien to Aliens was almost a decade. Like that's yeah, and kind of the thing back then was uh, the theater. Your box office wasn't the necessary draw. As to how that big home market. the like home market was huge and then, and movie gallery and Predator fucking media. took off. Uh, there was comic books based off from it, mm-hmm. novels. It really took off. So then they were like, "Okay, we need a sequel." Obviously, you go back to the original writers, and they're like, "Okay." Mm-hmm. So here's the brilliant idea. It takes place in the future. Okay, that's already lost me. Nope, the far-off future of 1997. That's bad. And, okay, we can't get Schwarzenegger back, because that was the original idea. Schwarzenegger back as a cop in New York City. All right? We can't get that. So, we get Danny Glover. He's the the perfect choice. That's automatically who you go to if you can't get Schwarzenegger, right? Yeah, I mean, Lethal Weapons, Danny Glover... uh... Danny Glover, who is already, I want to say, 50 years old. I've never seen Lethal Weapon. I don't, I don't know Danny Glover. Uh, he was I the, know of him. I don't know what he's been He in. was the old partner whose catchphrase was, I'm, I'm too, too old, old for, for this, this shit. shit. Yeah. Okay. I want to say this was after Lethal Weapon 2, so he was even older for this shit. Okay. Starring in an Arnold Schwarzenegger role as this badass renegade cop in Los Angeles... Because I can't afford to go to New York City. Okay. All right. And it's all about how the Predator's there because it's so hot that year. And he picks out Danny Glover as the biggest alpha. Even though, because he watches this gang fight with the cops. So it's all about how L.A. is overrun with gangs and how violent it is. And he picks out Danny Glover as the most alpha, badass guy there is. All right. Yeah, you already are seeing this is fucking ridiculous. Like, I'm seeing the, the... Yeah, so serious. the whole thing is about how the Predator's killing these gang members and the cops. Kind of like the original, picking them off to get to Danny Glover. Except it doesn't... How the original felt like an action film, and then you were tossed into this whole them versus the Predator. Right. 
you get a decent balance and it fucking clicks along. It's like an hour and a half, you know. Okay. Doesn't really waste his time. This one's over an hour and a half. I want to say it's like 140, 145. And it's like a cop movie for almost an hour. See, that that almost goes against everything Predator was. Where Predator was like, alright, here's the basic setup so you know what the fuck's going on. Alright, let's fucking do it. Yeah, no, this one's like they're investigating. And it just doesn't make sense. Like, there are scenes in it that clearly make no sense. Like, the Predator has Danny Glover... Alone in a cemetery. And doesn't kill him. Says something. So he spins around and he's looking all over and can't see him. Mm. And just doesn't kill him. And it's just like, the fuck is this? Like, it doesn't make sense. No. Like, at least when it happened in the first Predator where we would, like, mimic some of the voices. It's to scare them and almost lure them away from each other. Right. So to pick them off one by one. Yeah. And this one, it logically doesn't make that much sense. Um, the pacing is fucking all off. Like... In my opinion, you can cut 10 to 15 minutes out of this film. Okay. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, to me, I think it's a little boring. And it's, at best, it's an okay movie and not a good Predator movie. Okay. But I know a lot of people love it. I say you got to look at it with fresh eyes. I think that's nostalgia. Um, I got to be honest, I'll never watch it. I don't think you should. <laughs> I'll never watch it. For me, it's two and a half. It's not even average. It's bad. Um, okay. I honestly put that one off because I knew they weren't, you know, like this through storyline franchise. That was the last one I watched because I did not want to watch it. Okay, so now, <laughs> jumping to the next Predator-only film, Predators, I, the brief synopsis of that one, that one's like 2007, the brief synopsis I know of that one is a group of criminals is dropped on an alien planet to be hunted by the Predator. So, this one is written by Robert Rodriguez. Okay, that's interesting. Did he direct or no? He did not. He was a hands-on producer. The director was... Uh, is it a well-known name, or is it going to be a guy that's done, like, two other movies? And then he, he's done a, a few films. Nothing really, like, huge. Mm -hmm. um, but this one was actually written before Alien vs. Predator. Okay. And... He was, was contracted. Like the writer strike that happened around that time. Well, he was contracted. He wrote it. They decided, well, we can do Alien versus Predator. That's going to make more money. They decided mm -hmm. to go that way. And then after those two kind of bombed and killed any possibilities of furthering that, they're like, well, we've got this script. Mm -hmm. So they go back to him, and they're like, hey, we think we can get Schwarzenegger. Rewrite this. That it's going to star Schwarzenegger. Blah blah blah. And you've got it. He does it. They don't get Schwarzenegger. Do they get Adrian Brody for the Schwarzenegger role? Absolutely. Because I know he's in it, but I didn't know, like... Yep. Adrian oh, Brody. What a horrible replacement. I'll be honest. He actually works. He's good Does at it. Does it work well? Uh, it's, it's actually my second favorite Predator film. There's not a lot to pick from. I mean, it's... Well, okay. It's so, four, right? Eight, Before this one now? Predator, yeah. So. Adrian Brody plays a mercenary. And that's the whole thing of this one is elite soldiers killers basically mm -hmm. are selected and i like this one because it just throws you straight in you're with these characters and you experience it through their point of view at no point are you really broken out of that we've opened with adrian brody's character just in free fall on this planet he comes to his shoot opens and he lands and we've got to figure this whole thing out along with them mm -hmm. and basically along the way we kind of figure out that they're brought there, and it's almost like a game preserve. Like, 
predators come there to hunt and these people and other creatures are brought there. Okay. So we're almost like retelling the original with twists mm-hmm. at this point. Like a little more lore behind it. Yeah. Like, and why? we have a really good cast. Uh, Adrian Brody stars. Um, and he plays it more like a realistic. He put on quite a bit of muscle. I want to say like 25 pounds of muscle for the role. Okay. Um, he takes it serious. He does a good job. Uh, we have... Um, God, now I'm trying to think. It's been a, a few days since I saw it. Uh, Walter Goggins. He, okay, that's he an plays, interesting choice. He plays uh, a, a guy from Death Row who's to be executed. He is just brutal. Okay. Um, I can see him playing like insane, like serial killer type dude. And not a serial killer. We do have a serial killer. Okay. We have Topher Grace. Not as a serial killer. He's a serial killer. Oh my god. But they play it in... Not like Venom in Spider-Man 3, right? No. Where he's just a piece of shit. No. Okay. No, he's almost like Eric from that 70s show. If he snapped or, or like... No, like, he he plays it like a, a more real-life serial killer where he pretends, you know, I'm a doctor, I have no idea why I'm here, when everyone else, like these elite killers, and it's towards the very end that he kind of reveals that it's like, oh, well... Okay. I'm actually a monster. I like it here, and blah, blah, blah. Um, oh, so he does go with, like, Eddie Brock Spider-Man 3 at the end. Kind nah, of. I don't want to lose it. I like it. I like the feeling, and then he gets blown up. Yeah, I mean, it's not that same tone. It's more like, Seriously? well, I'm going to kill you because I don't really want to leave this planet. Mm-hmm. I kind of fit in here, and I've never fit in anywhere. Okay. Um, we, we have uh, Danny Trejo. He plays a, a drug well, enforcer. Well, it's Robert Rodriguez producing yeah. and writing. He has to be there. Yep. Uh, Mahershala Ali. Really? Yep. How young was he? Not that he's young now, but like that's this more early pretty, in his career. Yeah, early in his career. He was playing uh, an African uh, death squad member. Okay. And then I forget the female lead. She plays a sniper. We have some Russian guy that I don't know. But big cast, diverse cast, mm-hmm. good cast. And it's just really interesting that we're taking this premise that we know that has worked, that people love. That's why we have the franchise. Right. And we're adding these twists to it. Um, the characters are good. They're a little more dialogue, more relatable. Mm-hmm. So it's just a fun film. I actually give that one four and a half. Uh, okay. If you're watching any of them past Prey, I would say that one. You might actually like that one better. All the effects work much I, better. I consider giving that one a chance just because I didn't hear anything about it one way or the other. And in a franchise full of all I know of all the shitty ones, and uh, that idea of one that's just kind of neutral intrigued me because I was like, all right, I can go into that one knowing literally nothing. Right. Like, I, and it, it wouldn't be like, spoiled in that sense like yeah no. i go into it completely fresh and enjoy it uh what would you said you'd give that a four four and a half four and a half it's okay. really good um so now moving on from that one the, the pre- predator we talked about the predator it's problematic bit. we talked about the behind the scenes drama right the creative leads behind the scenes on that one i mean do we have any more to really say on it i i know uh, the basic plot it's not well, interesting to me. The yeah, the, not that I described the plot here. I did a bad job when I gave you the cliff notes of the stupid shit I heard about it. But. Well, okay. So the plot basically is is that uh, 
a predator crash lands on Earth. Um, the tall, blonde soldier dude mm-hmm. is a sniper and witnesses this and goes to investigate and accidentally injures the predator okay. and gets some of his shit because, you know, he's injured from the crash and mm-hmm. he runs. He gets arrested. They're trying to cover it up. It gets very convoluted. Um, and we have to bring in his son who has Asperger's. And as we've already discussed, they're all about improving themselves and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Well, the whole big twist is that Asperger's isn't a mental disorder or problem or developmental issue or whatever the terminology is. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. I don't know. But it's actually the next step in human evolution. Okay, I kind of like that, I guess. There's just an idea there, and it would have been... But it sounds, it sounds like it would have been more em- empowering yeah. for people with they, they, such issues. They do not treat that child poorly in the least. Like, it's not like, oh, look at him. Like, it's a decent portrayal of it. Where I would point a finger and say it's bad is, you know, in the end when he's working for the government at a desk. It's just like, ah, it's a bit far there, but... Yeah, I mean, that one's big, it's dumb, but it knows what it is, and it, it's fun. I mean, it's it's three stars. Okay. It, it's so not it's great, but it's fun. you would ever just go back and watch, just like, yeah, I'm filming The Predator tonight. Yeah, I, yeah, okay. I do. Um, I watched it in theaters. It's one I don't have a problem throwing on. It, it's never one I take serious. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's one of the fun ones that I kind of laugh at, because, you know, there are some funny jokes in it. Um, well, you have King and Michael Key. I mean, he's he hilarious some, in it. He was a major draw, and I was going to see that in theaters until it released, and I just heard horrible things. I was like, you know what? I'll see it someday, maybe. It's not great, but yeah. It's, me being a fan of the franchise, I was already in, and then him being in it's funny. Thomas Jane is actually funny in it with his Tourette's. Okay. Um, Olivia Munn. Is in it? She's listening, right? Like, yeah. I've never known Olivia Munn to be like, oh my god, is that Olivia Munn? It's always like, fuck, it's Olivia Munn again. Yeah, I mean, the only time I've ever heard anyone talk about that is like at a magazine rack when there was a swimsuit edition yeah. or something. I mean, I just, or back when she was on G4. I remember that. That's <laughs> I remember that transition, always thinking like, why did they get the... the game channel lady to come be an actress that's weird yeah it's like why her all i really remember her for is how many hot dogs she can fit in her mouth you know i i had that thought not the hot dog (laughs) i I had the the oh that's that g4 girl in my mind when they announced she was gonna play psylocke and x-men oh yeah yeah. i was like same is who is that for are you casting it for all the people that were like olivia munn fans on g4 because I guarantee those people are already going to go see the new X-Men. Yeah. You, don't, you don't need to pander there. You pander in the wrong way. Yeah. But that would be the Predator franchise. So We ran really long with this one. We did. Show. Well, I mean, we covered an entire franchise. And a lot of other I stuff. I we crammed in a few other franchises, too. Yeah. Alien, Terminator, Touched on Jurassic Park. And well, we did say it was going to be a bonus. So. It's going to be a hell of a bonus. <laughs> I'm curious to see how much I'll cut out of that. But... I guess we should wrap that up and watch yeah. Prey. Yeah, so let's... Uh... Oh, I guess I, it's kind of late in this to explain. 
that I, we're not on the road this time. We're sitting on my <laughs> fucking couch in my living room because Prey never went to the goddamn theater, even though it's regarded as the best Predator movie there is. And you don't even go see it on the big screen. I know, I was pissed off about such that. such a shame. Because when you hear it's just going to stream, you're like, oh, that kind of... Sp-. It's almost like direct-to-video, like VHS yeah. film. You're like, oh, that's going to be a piece of shit. Yeah, automatically, I'm just like, eh, oh, that sucks. But the idea that, oh, it's this incredible, amazing movie, and it's not on a theater screen is, like, infuriating. Yeah. Because I, even when it was, before it came out, it was getting, like, moderately good reviews before it really came out and got a widespread love and everything. I was saying... Well, I mean, if it's doing this good, I'm sure they'll just throw it up anyways and make a few bucks for, like, a couple weekends. It's been a month now. It's been out for... It came out August 5th. Today is September 16th. And it's it's still not out in theaters. And I'm starting to wonder if it's not going to go to theaters. No, it's definitely not. Like, I've been telling you for a while, I really think that they're just using this to kind of drum up numbers for their streaming service. And, like, I get it, but... There's a lot of people out there that probably heard that and were held off for a while until all the positive reviews came in just because <laughs> it's straight to streaming and that still has a stigma to it. So I'm curious to see, and I'll probably Google it after we're done with this, to see what kind of stats it had behind it, like its budget and like... I'm kind of curious about that. what it's, I guess, you can't even say what its box office was because there was none, but yeah. what it's like streaming numbers and stuff are, which I, I will mention when we do the prey podcast here in two hours but <laughs> so i i do we want to lead into it with like what we expect now? i was just gonna say so what are you kind of expecting out of this honestly we just watched the trailer before we started this because neither of us was sure if it was normally in comanche or you know, that was just a dub <laughs> but I, I almost got like revenant vibes story beat wise because you have your native american story which i don't want to say it's the same but that was why they killed Caprio's character's son in the movies because he's the half breed yep. and they thought it was disgusting. But uh, I saw a shot of what looked like settlers, like English settlers with their rifles. So I don't know when, what time I'm bad with that kind of history. But the idea, like, okay, we're going to jump around. There's going to be like almost factions between the Comanche, the, the settlers, and this predator, whatever it is. Which looks vaguely primal compared to what there is now. Well, it's like 200 years later, so... Yeah, well, 300 years. Oh, But yeah. it's like... I don't know. It's I, I think of that alien species, and I imagine, like, well, they've been doing this for a long time. And it's still... It can go invisible still in the trailer, which is like a gadget it has. So for mm-hmm. it to look primal almost feels weird. But I... I that's just a pre-thought. Obviously, I'm holding off any bias until after. Right, none of us have seen it before, obviously. Uh, I Being the fan, it's kind of bothered me a little bit that I've had to hold off. But um, I actually, I'm kind of thinking it's, it's going to be almost more in line with the original. I'm, I'm thinking we're going to get a lot of beats like that. Probably like um, I, the, the, the factions, the Predator coming in, probably both sides are going to get blamed for the killings. <laughs> and then it, we're going to probably, I think we're going to end up and follow the female lead. Uh, who is basically going to be our Dutch, and instead of, you know, masculinity, we're going to get female empowerment out of this. You know, I'm almost curious from the way the character, their tone is, if it's like somebody watched the original Predator, saw that female character, I can never remember her name, but if they were like, what if she was the main character? 
And then they kind of made this movie around that. Without it being like a yeah, girl power, like it, like this will be like a true representation. But it's not just... Right. It's not just like, hey, we've made 20 films of dudes, how about we make Captain Marvel? <laughs> like, it's it's not just... I don't even want to call Captain Marvel pandering. It kind of is. Because they... It did come out, what, two years after or a year after Wonder Woman? I still think it's a better movie than Wonder Woman. I'll disagree, but <laughs> it definitely feels like they're aware that they're kind of lacking that diverse market. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree there. And I, I don't want to go into this one thinking, oh, that's the only reason they did it, because it does I, not seem like that. I don't think that's the only reason, but I think that was part of the idea behind it. Now, if it comes off pandering or if it's just done straight and it is empowering because it is done straight we'll have to see but that's kind of my impression is that we're gonna go in that route which makes sense for it right i think a a a push that's going around online right now to kind of get the backstory on you know an artifact in uh predators of having an old samurai facing a predator is a brilliant idea, and we're bringing ageism into it then at that point, and why I, not? It's a franchise that seems like, with its basic idea of, uh, like, heavy quotes around the term alpha male, <laughs> but, like, t- survival of the fittest-esque, top of the top. Dangerous. Yeah, like, these leaders, essentially, of, of human species and groups and tribes throughout different stages in history, like almost a challenge between them and us. Right. I think it's a really cool idea because we have so many unique warriors of history you could tell similar stories with, but you have to go more cultural with it. So like you're talking about feudal Japan, essentially. Mm-hmm. The idea of a, a samurai with his their code of conduct law, like... Honor. Face, face yep. tr- best warrior wins. And the idea of... Touching on those kinds of cultural things throughout history, it seems like such a cool idea and such a smart move. Right. Like, that that That's, should be the future of... Predator. Absolutely. I think we should use it to touch upon issues like this and explore different things in history. 100%. I think that is a brilliant fucking idea for this franchise. Okay. Well, we're an hour and a half in, so I think we should wrap up. Yeah, absolutely. Here. So, thank you guys for sticking with us so long, and... Uh, Hopefully you guys enjoy, and as always, smash all those fucking buttons, give us likes, reviews, ban us, whatever. Just smash a keyboard, hit a bunch of shit. Yeah. This was, uh, this was, oh, uh, do we even say her name? <laughs> no. I'm, I'm Saeed, you're John, and yep. this has been Couch Trip Cinema. <laughs> You've arrived at your destination. 